Many of you will recall years ago, uh, we had guests on this radio program, and we actually broadcasted more than once from their headquarters in Jerusalem from an organization called Imtirtu. It is known as the largest grassroots Zionist organization in Israel. A large portion of Imtirtu's activity is dedicated to highlighting the BDS from within phenomenon, which is essentially Israelis in Israel, believe it or not, working to delegitimize the country. Much of this, uh, much of this is unknown outside of Israel. Today we get an opportunity to hear about it. It's an unfortunate situation, but a very important one. Eitan Meir is with us. He's the head of English Development and External Relations for the Imtirtu Movement. And he joins us live via telephone, representing their leader, Matan Peleg. Eitan Meir, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, Nachum. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. So Imtirtu's roots go way, way back, don't they? <laughs> because the name of the organization... Well, explain to our audience where the name of the organization comes from. So the name is, uh, in Hebrew, it's two words, Imtirtu, which translates as, if you will it. It is taken from uh, Theodore Herzl's famous phrase, if you will it, it is no dream. So Imtirtu, like you said, was actually founded in t- way back in 2006. It was founded after the Second Lebanon War, and we basically realized that there was a need. There was a need in the country to advance and promote Zionism in Israel. Which, like you said, is kind of, uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think that it's actually needed, but you would be surprised. As we're going to talk about it. It's very much needed, and uh, we're happy to do it. How'd they find you? And I, I ask it like that because, as I remember the old guard, there were very few English speakers, uh, and they didn't make much of an effort really to communicate with you know people outside of Israel. How did you get... Uh, uh, linked up with the people at Imtir Tzu. So I actually, I was born, I was born and raised in New Jersey, and uh, I made Aliyah back in 2008. And I did the army. I did the Golani Brigade. I was a combat soldier. And while I was in the army, I, I was encountered by a really in, insane. When I look back at it, a very insane happening. When I was at a checkpoint, there was a lot of people that were filming us. I didn't, we didn't really know what was going on, and we said, okay, nothing to, to worry about. Six months later. My friend sees it, me, myself, I'm on YouTube. They see me at the checkpoint, going about you know our usual activities, checking the people to make sure everything's okay. And what happens at the end of the video is that they interview someone. They interview a guy that we stopped, because he was on our list, and they asked him what happened. So the guy said that they apprehended me, and then they beat me. They called me a dog. They didn't let me go to the bathroom. Horrible things that did not happen, 100% did not happen. So already back then, I started asking myself, who are these people and who are these organizations that are doing this? The organization, by the way, is called Machsom Watch, but uh, I guess we can get into that a little later. And after I finished the army, I started university in Israel, and I encountered this group called Intertsu. And they actually started, they were talking about the exact thing that happened to me, about these organizations, these Israeli organizations that are act- actively delegitimizing the country and are harming IDF soldiers as well as the Israeli public. And so I said, I have to join. And I was a coordinator at Barilan University for two years, and then uh, a few years later I joined the, the staff Eitan, as the head of the English department. Eitan Meir is with us. So, I mean, I, I'm sure there are people asking themselves right now as they hear this conversation, why is an organization like this necessary in Israel, and why is it such an important organization, especially on Israeli college campuses? So we kind of say in the two that we have two main functions. One is to do good, and the second is to stay away from bad. When I say do good, I talk about volunteer work, whether it's with Holocaust survivors, 
visiting hospitals, IDF bases, integrating minorities into Israeli society, which is a big thing that no one else deals with and is very important. And as well as on campus, we host a lot of Zionist lectures and many other pro-Israel activities that otherwise would not exist. On the other hand, we have the staying away from the bad. And by staying away from the bad, we're referring to combating the anti-Israel phenomenon within Israel. Uh, like you mentioned, that people in the U.S. are very familiar with the BDS movement, but mm. they don't know about the similar phenomenon in Israel, which is the BDS from within phenomenon, and it's prevalent in academia, in the media, in the culture, and especially in the civil society. Now, in the civil society, we have all these NGOs that receive funding from foreign political entities, such as the New Israel Fund, in, which is based out of New York, as well as foreign governments. You take your pick out of all the European countries, and you'll, you'll find governments that fund these organizations. And uh, these NGOs work to undermine Israeli democracy, and they harm and demonize the country. So a large portion of our activity is dedicated to that. That is a big reason why we're, we're needed. It is, um, it's hard to get past that. It's hard for a lot of people to believe that college campuses in Israel, and I don't know what the percentages are, is there a way for you to quantify it? in terms of what, num- what number or percentage of students have leanings like you just described? So that's the thing. The students are very Zionistic and they're very pro-Israel. The, the people that are, are propagating this anti-Zionism are actually the professors in, in the universities. And uh, you, you kind of see a similar thing in America as well. As it happens, it happens to be that academia is usually ruled by the, the left, and in Israel's case, the relatively hard left. So, uh, so then it's important to understand as well is that this BDS from within phenomenon is not supported by the people at all. It's a tiny minority, but the reason that it's so strong is because it gets power from all the money they get from foreign governments and the new Israel fund. And we view this as not being healthy for Israeli democracy, and it's exactly what Institute does. We expose these organizations, and we start talking about it. We want the people of Israel to understand who these organizations are and who's pulling the strings, because it's not B'Tselem, it's not breaking the silence. It's not Yeshtim, it's not rabbis for human rights, but it's Denmark, it's Holland, it's France, it's Germany. But here, rather, (coughs) excuse me, but here on the college campuses, you have the academics, you have the professors who, you know, who have a certain point of view, and they have a following. They have a natural following among many who are anti-Israel or have, you know, feelings that would create an anti-Israel environment, uh, you know, in their class or whatever the case may be. If what you're saying is true, that the majority of the students in Israel are as Zionistic as you're painting it, then to whom are these professors preaching? I mean, how are, they, how are these uh, uh, efforts gaining any speed, any momentum? Well, I, the whole point of it, too, is that they won't in the future, is that we're training a new generation of Zionists to be the elite, to be the professors. But if you're asking how they're actually doing this now, it's because we view this as an as a endless cycle. The people that are ruling in academia are slanted to the radical left. They only employ the people who they like. Right-wing professors have a very hard time getting tenure. They always face problems because the people that are actually deciding if they get promoted or not are the anti-Zionists and the post-Zionists that we're speaking about. So it's an endless cycle that just perpetuates, and we're really hoping that through our activities, especially we have one program called the Program for Zionist Thought, which we can get into, and the goal of it is to educate students in Zionism, to say this is not a matter of left, this is not a matter of right, it's a matter of patriotism, it's a matter of Zionism, and we want you to know, we want you to get another side to the story. Uh, Eitan Meir is with us um, uh, from Imtirtu in Israel. So based on the way you're describing it, uh, Imtirtu, I assume, has a very large following uh, among students in Israel. If most of yes. them, if, if most of them agree with the premise of your organization, 
and they, they actively want to respond and are passionate about the cause, I would assume you're able to attract people pretty easily. Yeah, and which is exactly why we're the largest Zionist movement in Israel. We have 6,000 active members, and these are the people that actively volunteer. We're, we're a very small staff, and we run on volunteers. We run on people that just want to get to the country. They help set up events. They help, they, they help also make these activities. What we have is that we have a branch coordinator at, every uni- at 15 universities slash colleges throughout the country. If something happens in a certain university, a certain university, the branch coordinator calls us up and they say, "Listen, this happened. I want to do this. Right? There's a someone in the community that that is in need of help, and I want to help. I want to organize a volunteer trip, and then we provide them the logistics for them to do it." Right. Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you. All right, tell us about the program for Zionist Thought. So the program was it was founded in 2012 after we were approached by a number of students who said that they basically had enough. All they heard about was how bad Israel was, how the War of Independence was being referred to as the Nakba, which is Arabic for catastrophe, and how the idea of soldiers commit war crimes, which is the things that you hear about in classrooms. And by the way, when, if, when you complain about it, often the administration, they kind of turn the other cheek. They say, no, it's okay, it's not a big deal. But I guess that's a whole a separate issue. So we realized that there was a need to provide Zionist education in universities. So in 2012, we started one program in Hebrew University. Now we have four different programs in four different universities, and it is the largest extracurricular activity in Israel. We have amazing speakers such as Nobel Prize laureate Israel Uman, the Jerusalem Post editor Caroline Glick, former ambassador Yoram Edinger, Rabbi David Stav, Father Gabriel Nadas. I don't want to continue because I'm afraid of leaving someone off. <laughs> we have a, a very great lineup, and there are hundreds of students that just pour into the classrooms, and they don't get paid. They don't get anything. It's after school hours. And they come to hear these lectures because they want to learn. Are students afraid of being penalized if they're found to be at one of these lectures? <laughs> I don't know how the, <laughs> the professors look into these lectures, but <laughs> in class the students are 100% fearful for their grades. We have encountered numerous circumstances of students being afraid to speak out. And I'm talking about speaking out just for academic purposes because they know that if they speak out with a right leaning or a Zionist leaning, their professor is going ahead and penalize them. And we actually brought it last year, there was two conferences, uh, sorry, there was two committees in the Knesset about the situation that Institute brought up. We brought students to testify in these Knesset committees about what's going on. And uh, uh, just when I say Knesset committee, I just got reminded that from our program for Zionist Thought, two days ago, a member of Knesset Oded 4 from the Israel Beitenu Party actually submitted a bill based on the program for Zionist Thought. He, he, uh, he got wind of it, and he liked it so much, he submitted a bill that would require all the academic institutions in Israel to require a mandatory class in Zionism. Wouldn't it be left? Again, wouldn't be right. It would be Herzl, Ben-Goyon, Beryl Katzenelson, Uritzvi Greenberg, the whole lot. And uh, we're very hoping that it passes. We think it's very critical for students and universities to get even a little bit of Zionist thought in the curriculum. Wow. Aside from the lectures and the and the specific work on campus, I seem to remember there was, um, I don't want to say protests and demonstrations, but there were, there were public uh, gatherings of Imtirtsu to try to uh, to you know in in one collective voice to try to get certain points across the Israeli public. Does that still take place? Yeah, it, it's basically on a on a circumstantial basis. For example, uh, around two months ago, Ben Gurion University in the south they decided that they were sponsoring a lecture featuring breaking the silence. Now we're all for academic freedom. Breaking the silence wants to come, they could come. But Ben Gurion University is a publicly funded university, and they actively hosted this organization that defames the IDF 
and that is basically is fodder for the BDS movement. So what we did is we organized a large protest. We got all of our students and as well all the people that were against it, and they protested. They protested, protested the university, and they said, we're not for this. We're your student body. Listen to us. At the end, the conference did take place. However, the following month, which was a few weeks ago, the university decided to cancel a prize that was going to be awarded to Breaking the Silence. And it's many things like this is that the way that we do it is that we get the Israeli public behind us, and then we, whether it's through the media or going out to protest, and we show to the universities as well as to the legislators that this is the will of the people and this is what we want. And after we do that, the legislators are able to enact legislation, such as the transparency law, which just passed, or like, the, or like them going to university, which is to cancel the prize that was supposed to be awarded to breaking this down. Wow. You're doing great work, I'll tell you that much. Uh, how do people get information about the program for Zionist thought, and in general, how do people get information about Imtirtsu? I'm assuming that you are open to support from outside of Israel for those who want to see this effort continue. Yeah, we're very open to any support we can get, and uh, the best way is just to go to our website, which is imti, imti.org.il, slash en, because that's the, the English side. And, uh, or you can email me personally, which is atan at imti.org.il, atan with a Y. And yeah, we want all the help we can get. This is, we view this as, a, as an essential movement for, really for the survival of the future of the Jewish state, because these organizations, and this phenomenon of anti-Zionism and post-Zionism seeks to destroy the Jewish and democratic nature of the state. And there's no other way about it. And it's very important that we have the whole nation behind us because that's the only way that we're going to be able to stand up to the, the power that these organizations get from all the foreign funding from the New Israel Fund and the foreign government in Europe. you have any idea what um, the number of college students on Israeli college campuses is? you have any idea what around how many there are at the moment? In total, I'm not sure. I know that they basically range in the, the big universities around twenty thousand or so on each one of the campuses. There's also smaller colleges, right? So there's only there's several universities and there's a handful of colleges as well. Wow, a lot of work to be done, huh? Yeah, yeah. But uh, we look forward to the. We're not happy that we have to do it, but we're happy that we have people that are with us that are willing to do it. I just wonder if the founding fathers and mothers of Zionism ever would have suspected that the Israeli college campuses would be one of the most prominent places where anti-Zionism is being preached. I'm sure they wouldn't. <laughs> it's just unbelievable when you yeah. think about it. But your exactly. successes, but your successes, especially uh, on the campuses and in the Knesset, are noteworthy. I mean, that you've been able to make this type of progress. Uh, people don't even realize what was going on 10 years ago before in tier two existed and uh now obviously you're making a tremendous number of inroads so yeah the, the whole idea of the foreign funded uh organ the ngos which should really be put in quotations because they call themselves non-governmental organizations and you can't really be non-governmental if you receive a large portion of your budget or the majority of your budget from governments right. which is very ironic but no one knew about it until we started calling them out and we started saying guys listen look what's going on in our country and that's the reason why we also why the radical left is not a fan of us, which we're very happy, because when we, they rather op, they want to operate without anyone knowing. They rather go to the Knesset hearings. They rather send their lawyers to represent terrorists in court, which is what happens, and it's happening every day. That they have actual lawyers that are funded by these foreign governments and the New Israel Fund that are representing terrorists and their family in court. They want to keep on doing this, but we're not such a fan of this, so we're happy to let the Israeli public know and decide for themselves what is right or wrong. Well. Uh, website, M-T-I-M, 
mti.org.il slash en for the English site. Again, that's uh, mtirtsu. Website is imti.org.il slash en. That can get you to their English website, and uh, you can have an opportunity there to donate, to support the cause, to see their... Uh, to see the videos there that explain and uh, which show you some of their activities, etc., etc. Eitan Mayer, best to uh, everybody at Imtir Tzu, and thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. 17 minutes after 8 o'clock. More coming up. It's a three-weeks format uh, Tuesday here at JM and the 